I can't hear any sound from the system. I just hear my. All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's just let's just take a moment. Let's just let's just stand for a moment and just just pray just for a moment before we get into the word. Hallelujah. Father, we just worship you. Father, we just worship you. Father God, hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Father God, for the word. Father, we thank you that you have shown us the way in your word. You have shown us the truths. Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes. Father God, we, we cry out for your spirit to teach us now and to help us to get these truths. We pray for wisdom and revelation and understanding of the, of the word. Open my eyes. Make that your prayer. Open my eyes, Father God. And Father God, we are hungry. Thank you, Lord God, that you are speaking and, and that your spirit is moving and is manifesting and we're going to see more. And, and our expectation is going up, Lord. And, and But Father God, help us to see this. We want to cooperate with your word. We want to cooperate with your ways. And we thank you, Father God, that, 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 that the spirit of God is moving in this nation. And, and we're expecting a greater manifestation of the miraculous. We're expecting a greater manifestation of the spirit in the United Kingdom. And Lord God, I know that you're speaking this out, but Father God, we speak that out. We declare it out of our mouths but in, co in, 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 in cooperation with you, that it's time for revival. It's time for the move of God. It's time for the manifestation of the Spirit. And we're not moved by the giants. We're not moved by the fear. We're not moved by, by the, the darkness increasing in the land. But we are a people of faith who are expecting God to move and God to manifest. And we thank you, Father God, that your spirit is being poured out in the United Kingdom. And, and, and we're going to see a much, much greater move and manifestation in the spirit of God in this nation than we have ever seen before. And I thank you that the United Kingdom will not be left to the side or left out of the revival and the move of God. But Father God, but what you've ordained for this nation will come to pass and will happen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Bless God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You guys can be seated. Now, I think, I'm pretty sure at the start of the last session, I said go to Mark 9. And then I never went there. So let's try this again. <laughs> let's go back to Mark 9. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just burnt my mouth on that coffee. <laughs> Took too big. Give me a moment. <laughs> oh, cooler water. All right. Mark chapter 9. And, um, you know, I, I know, I know for those of you who've been coming through for a few of the weekends, you know, we repeat some things, but it's so important. Repetition is good. Yes. You, we don't just repeat it so, so that, that, your, that your mind can learn it. We repeat it so that it builds it into your heart and, uh, and, and your expectation levels go up. But um, in fact, let's, let's just dive straight in before I get sidetracked and start go down another path and then we never get to Mark 9 again. Mark chapter 9 in verse 14. And this is, we're going to read one of the cases of healing uh, where, 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 where Jesus uh, would minister, well, it's more than just healing. There's a, you know, this boy's having seizures and different things, an unclean spirit. Um, and, you know, and, and Pastor Tony, just, uh, see, I say Pastor Tony too. <laughs> 
I'm not big on titles. I always tell people, don't give me titles, but I, I'm so used to calling Pastor Tony. But um, and he, he was just talking about Acts 3, an uh, incredible manifestation of the Spirit of God in Acts 3. And what I love about that guy is, is and you said it, about how the, the, the Spirit of God immediately, there was an immediate manifestation, and, and his legs and his ankle bones, just like that, were strengthened up. And one, one moment he's laying, you can't walk. And I think with that guy, he's never walked a step in his life. Or one of the, there's a few, there's another one of the la lame or paralyzed uh, in the, in, 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 I think in Acts as well. He hasn't walked a step in his life. And next minute, he's he's not just walking, he's limping. <laughs> and, um, and and there's prophecies in Scripture where it says the lame will will will, will leap. God can do that in, in, in the blink of an eye. And, and and again, our expectation. And here, so here's another example here. This this man. Uh, he brings uh, he brings his son to Jesus, and he's uh, they were initially Jesus' disciples. Um, nothing is ever beyond hope. Nothing's ever hopeless. We as believers, if 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 we believe God, we've got to realize there's nothing that is hopeless. Nothing beyond the power of God. You know how many people in, in Scripture, when Jesus ministered to them, where they were right at the point of death? Yeah. You know, Jairus, when he first came, his daughter was about to die. You're not talking 24 hours later. You're talking about moments from death. Uh, another one, um, the nobleman who came to Jesus, it was a servant or son, son, I think, at the point of death. Yeah. At the point, right there. It means next, it could, could be next, next breath. But does that mean it was beyond hope? No. Next, mo next, next moment, the power of God manifests and, 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 and these people are okay. Can God still do that? Is there anything beyond his hope? Is there, anything, is there any moment where, the, 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 where God can't move and manifest now? It's gone too far. No, in fact, a number of times even when they went past death. <laughs> and, and, and with Jairus, Jairus' daughter. She died, power of God can still move. So there's nothing ever hopeless, nothing ever beyond hope. But let's, let's, look, at this, let's look at the situation, and, and starting in verse 14. Uh, Jesus is, uh, I believe he's just been up the Mount of Transfiguration, and he's coming back now. Uh, it says, verse 14, when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. So there's this commotion and an argument or dispute or a fuss going on. And well, what's the fuss all about? Well, I don't know what the scribes were saying, but um, but but um, verse 15 says immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him greeted him. And he asked the scribes, "What are you discussing with them?" Then one of the crowd answered and said, "Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit." And where, wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. That's a bit of a manifestation, isn't it? Yep. Not, not a godly manifestation going on there either. This is a, an unclean spirit, as we see from later on. And uh, so I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out. But they could not. They could not. Now, in other words, they're trying to get results in this man's life, aren't they? And, and it's not happening. It's not happening. 
up until this point. Now, just because it was not happening, could they conclude that God didn't want it to happen? No. See, this is a faulty conclusion that often religion comes to. Just because something's not happening doesn't mean we say, well, well obviously God didn't want to do it in this boy's life. People often resort to that thinking, don't they? And it's, it's, it's really trained into us. When something doesn't happen, well, you know, may, maybe the Lord, may, maybe we're waiting on the Lord, or maybe, maybe God has another plan. So they're having a dispute here, the scribes and this man and, and probably the disciples as well. I don't know how, <laughs> what level of dispute it was, whether they're arguing doctrine or I don't know what's going on here. But at the end of the day, Jesus comes into this environment where, 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 where there's no result happening. Nothing's happening. Now, we need to understand this just because, again, I'm going to repeat this, just because something's not happening doesn't mean God doesn't want it to happen. We've got to be very careful with allowing our intellect to add information in we, 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 and resort to our own reasoning. When things are not happening, we need insight from God. Not just our own reasoning. There's been far too much the wisdom of man trying to draw conclusions when things aren't happening. And the wisdom of man is not in line with what Scripture says. Be careful about drawing conclusions. Just because something's happening, be, don't, don't, well, we're waiting on the Lord's timing. <laughs> be careful about just drawing the conclusions. Very often, you're not waiting on the Lord's timing. He's waiting on you for some things. Well, you know, no, 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 I'm doing it all right, but we're waiting for the Lord. <laughs> this, is the, this is one of the things that, 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 that we often conclude. Well, you know, I'm doing it all right, we're waiting for the Lord. How many of you understand this? We can, uh, uh, there's still some things we can see. You know what, instead of saying, instead of having the idea, I'm doing it all right, uh, but we're waiting on the Lord. What we, need to, what we need to do is humble ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, show me if there are things I'm not quite seeing right. If, if, if there's some things I haven't seen yet as to why it's not happening yet. Help me to see. Lord, show me. Humble yourself. Get before the Lord and begin to say, Lord, help me to see. Help me open the eyes of my understanding. Is there something I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm letting slip? Is there a reason this isn't happening? But humble yourself. Don't just blame God, which is what a lot of times people do, because it's easier to blame God. Now, let's, let, let's keep going. So notice that phrase in verse 17, this man in the crowd, he says, I brought you, my son, who has a mute spirit. Now notice that phrase, I, I brought you, my son. Yeah? Now just note that phrase, because I want to I point something out here. Verse 18, where it says, seizes him, throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, becomes rigid. So I, I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. What's this man focusing on? He's not focusing on Jesus. What's he focusing on? His focus is on what someone else can do for me. 
I tried your disciples, they couldn't do it. It's their fault it didn't happen. Yeah. Now, 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 look at what this, this man, his thinking is. Someone said, well, what's wrong with that? Uh, everything. <laughs> do you realize a lot of people are looking for someone else to do the miracle in their life that they need for them. I've got to find, I've got to find an anointed man. I've got to find somebody to pray for me. Now, please don't get me wrong. I believe in praying for each other. I believe in standing. We pray for people. I don't have a problem with that. But there's a mentality shift in the body of Christ we need in some areas. A lot of times our dependence is upon someone else doing it. And if it doesn't happen, it's their fault. What's this man say? I, I tried your disciples, they couldn't do it. Has this man, is there anything in this man's thinking that even remotely says, maybe there's some things I need to shift in as to why it's not happening? Whose fault is it that it's not happening at this current point before he asks Jesus? From his point of view, it's the disciples' fault it's not happening. I tried them, they couldn't do it. It's their fault. Now, later on in the passage, Jesus does talk to the disciples about some things, because even the disciples were like, why couldn't we do it? But that's for a later discussion. Jesus takes the disciples aside. They have a discussion between them. But at this point, the discussion's happening between Jesus and this man. Okay? Don't muddle the two discussions up. Because Jesus shows this man he needs a shift in mentality. So, verse 18, the disciples couldn't do it. Do you, know, do you realize a lot of people are looking for someone else to do it? Now, do we have authority in our prayers? We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, each of us. Is the Spirit of the Lord upon you and upon me and upon all of us? Are we all seated with Christ in heavenly places? Yes. So what makes you think the man in the pulpit's prayer is more powerful than yours? <laughs> A lot of times people don't have, don't have confidence in what, what, they're capable, what, what they can walk in. See, in the old covenant, it was, the Spirit of the Lord was upon individuals. You've got the Moses, the Elijahs, we talked about that. But the, whole, the, the new covenant, Acts chapter 2, I'll pour out my spirit on. There's a shift. We are the body of, the body of, Christ. the body of, Christ. who's Christ? Is that his last name? We are the, 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 the anointed body of the anointed one. You need to get the revelation of that. So all the anointing was just for Jesus. Yes, yes, I totally agree. It was just for Jesus. But you see, we are his body. <laughs> so that anointing that was upon him, when he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, we are his body. The Spirit of the Lord is upon the body as much as the head. That's the whole shift of Acts. I'll pour out my spirit on. Why? 
Why is it now possible for the Holy Spirit to be upon all? Because we become the body of the anointed one. So it's part of the why, anyway. Obviously, born again on the inside, and we can walk in these things. You see, many, many times people have not got, gotten the understanding of what they are, what, what is possible for them to walk in. They're looking for someone else to do it. We've, we have seen the day. Now, I, I will see it again. I'm, I'm not saying it's never going to happen again. It will still happen. But you see, for, for many years, the body of Christ has been in the, in the mentality of if the miracle's going to happen, it's going to happen from the guy in the front with the anointing upon their life. But we need a mentality shift. We need to begin to realize we are all supposed to be walking in this. There's a lot of waiting for someone to do it for me going on in the body of Christ. But we need, we need a shift. Now, that's gotten us this far. But where we are right now, God is wanting each one of us to step in. Each, each one of us. This is, I believe, I really believe for the entire move of God, it's not just about what's happening through the, through the individual at the front. God wants the body of Christ to operate as the body of the anointed and the anointing to flow through the whole body. But this man is looking for someone else to do it for him. His mentality is there. Now, verse 19, Jesus answered. He answered him and said, Oh, faithless. Faithly, faithless means not, not faith. No, not much faith or little faith or no faith. Yeah? So this is not a compliment from Jesus. <laughs> what, why is... Is Jesus highlighting faithless? Well, some, someone says, well, Jesus is pointing out that the disciples were not in faith because, that, no, you've got the wrong mentality that you've got the same mentality problem the guy had. Jesus is not talking to his disciples here in this discussion. He's talking to the man. Jesus is not saying, oh, my disciples and their lack of faith. He's as much saying to this man, your mentality is wrong. Your faith, where was this man's faith? This man's faith was in someone doing it for me. Follow the discussion, you'll see what happens. What does Jesus do to this man? L look at verse 22. I mean, well, actually, I'm going to read this anyway because this is good. Verse 19. He answered and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. So they, br they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. I'm not quite sure what wallowing is. Convulsing? Must be. Okay. He convulsed, falls on the ground, wallowing, foaming at the mouth. Now, let me ask you that. <laughs> if that happened in most church services these days, <laughs> what would what would be the general response? Besides, maybe some people running out the room. <laughs> ah, devil's manifesting. <laughs> but well, well, here's here's this, this guy manifests right there in front of them. This this boy, yeah. Well, what 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 would most Christians suddenly do at that point? Maybe pick him up, take him out. But in a prayer, they'd all start rebuking demons. Maybe 
They'd all just jump on the way. Ah, come out of him, boy, yeah? What does Jesus do? This boy, this boy is manifest, he's foaming at the mouth, he's convulsing on the ground. Yeah? This, this is a bit of a visible manifestation. What does Jesus do? <laughs> Here's the boy manifesting on the ground right here. And Jesus turns to the dad. How long has that been happening? Does Jesus just jump on dealing with the boy? See, sometimes we just jump on the situation, but we don't actually fix what needs to be fixed that's causing the situation. Jesus knew he had to deal with some things with this father. Do you know Jesus knew how to help people get results? So many people just want someone to jump on, pray for me. I need a prayer, pray for me. I need a manifestation. So we, we're like, oh, okay, we'll all pray. Blah, 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 and we're praying and praying. But we don't get the thinking of the person fixed. Yeah. Jesus knew to help this boy, I've got to get the thinking change in his dad. Well, he's a young boy, so he's under the authority of his dad still here. Okay. So Jesus said to me, asked his father, verse 21, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And he describes, often it's thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. And then what does the man say? If you. Where's the man's thinking? It's all up to whether you can do it. Do you see at every point this man is discharging responsibility onto someone else? At every point of this discussion, has this man at any point recognized the role he plays? No. It's, it's the disciples. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. Now you do it, Jesus. They couldn't do it. Let's see what you got, Jesus. Are a lot of Christians doing that? Are a lot of Christians looking for someone else to get the result for them? Yep. Why? It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to get someone else to get the result for me, and I don't have to change or do anything. But you see, there's, there's a mentality that we have almost at times trained the body of Christ into. Now... <laughs> You know, when you've, got, when you've got a child and you try to change, like especially, you know, if, if, you, if people raise ch children and they, they're doing things a particular way and you start to now, maybe they've got to change, maybe no more dummy or, you know, no more sleeping in the cot. When you try to change something, you get a bit of a tantrum sometimes, don't you? Because they want to do it the other way. Is that right? Yeah. They like it one way and you want to try and change the behavior and now you get a tantrum. What, hap what happens with the body of Christ when we try to get a bit of a change of, you, we've been doing it this way, we've got to shift this way. And you get all the arguments, you get the throwing the toys out the cot, get the tent, no, 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 I don't want it. I don't want to develop my faith. I just want you to do the miracle for me. Anyone ever see, not, maybe not quite like that. <laughs> yeah, it's very true, isn't it? Because, you see, a lot of times people don't want to make a shift. It's a lot easier. Just make the anointed man do it for me. Okay? 
Now, was Jesus okay with leaving this guy in this mentality? No. The problem going on here is this guy's looking for everyone else to do it for him. And Jesus doesn't just jump on the boy convulsing, because that would be just doing it for the guy. Jesus knew in order for the power to really flow here, there needs to be a shift of thinking first. So what does he say to the man? The guy, the guy says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. <clears throat> Jesus said to him, okay, I'm the Christ, I'll do it. Was Jesus the Christ? He's certainly the Christ, but what does Jesus say to the man? Jesus said to him, if you, if you, if you, do you see the word you? Is, now, who's, who's, who is you? You is me. <laughs> yes? Me. My role. There's a big thinking in theology, and a lot of ministers and a lot of theologians and books, oh no, it's got nothing to do with us. It's all up to the Lord whether it happens or not. That is not a Bible mentality. That's an error. People just think, if it's going to happen, it's just all up to the Lord. People even think that about revival. I had someone say that to me. Well, revivals just happen when the Lord wants to do a revival. It's all up to the Lord. Discharge responsibility. Is that what Jesus did with people? Did Jesus sometimes point to things in people? Yeah, he did, very often. When, when Peter sang, did Jesus say, well, the Lord must have turned the power off. Or was it Peter? Some things about you. Now, when God's pointing out some things in his word, especially if he repeats and says, this, this is the area right here. This right here. What, what, do we, what do we need to grab a hold of? If God keeps saying this, then what do we need to do? We need to look at this and say, right, that. That's what we need to get functioning. So Jesus said, if you, if you, if you, what do we say? Well, if the Lord, no, 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 no. If me, oh, that preacher's preaching false doctrine. He's telling us things we have to do to get a miracle to him. <laughs> there go the tantrums again. Throw the toys out the cot. Because we don't want to hear about what we have to do. We just want to hear it's all up to the Lord. But that's, that's not how Jesus taught. How many of you, no, you know, there, there are a lot of people that I'm hearing saying, well, we need to get back to what Jesus taught. Has anyone heard anything like that recently? I agree, we do need to get back to Je what Jesus taught. But some people think the only area we need to get back to what Jesus taught is in the love walk. I agree, we've got to get back to the love walk. But you know, Jesus taught other things too. This is part of what Jesus taught too here. Where Jesus pointed out things Fact is in us that we've got to get functioning right. I understand we can sometimes be slow to get, to, to get some things functioning right. But you know, sometimes the drag and the weight for the manifestation to happen 
is not because God's going slow. It's because there's some things we're, we're, we're getting slow to grab a hold of and function in. I read, I read this, this. Actually, I read this this week. Let me pull this quote up. Something Smith Wigglesworth said. Uh, where, where did I write this? Smith Wigglesworth said, The moment you pray, you, you find that the heavens are opened. Is that true? The moment you pray, you find that the heavens are opened. Now listen to the rest of the quote. If you have to wait for the heavens to be opened, something is wrong. <laughs> so what's the wheels? See, we accept the wait, but sometimes you've got to wait. If, it's not, if things are not moving, something's not functioning right somewhere. Amen? And what does often the Bible say? Get this area functioning. The Bible points at some areas, doesn't it? Does it? Okay, let's go. Let's, I quoted this one earlier, Mark 11. This is after the fig tree. We, we quoted it in the previous session. I'm trying to clear, teach this really clearly, but I'm, I, this is, what I'm trying to show you is so important because we've got to get this shift. Because there, there are things that God wants to move and manifest in. But we are not waiting on Him. He's waiting for us in some areas. See, even, even you know, over the, over the last year, I know a lot of us have, you know, it's been a stirring to pray. That's why we're doing the, the praying on Zoom and stuff. And I know other, people, other groups are getting this as well. We're not the only one. But, you know, one of the things that, that, that we've talked about is that, that, that we sense that there's a call from God. God is, is dealing with people to come higher in Him. And I believe, I believe other groups are hearing that as well. God is calling His people higher. Anyone believe that? Now, what did I say in the last session? How does God start with His Word, what He says? So let's say there's a call to come higher. And one of the things I believe, I believe in my heart, is that a lot of the, the manifestations, a lot of the things that, that, that God wants to do through us will happen when we are on a higher level. That's why he's calling us higher. The level we're currently on, a lot of things can't manifest quite the same way. And it's not because God can't do it, it's because we're functioning we're, we're, we're so naturally minded, we're earthly, we're caught up in the natural mind, we're not heavenly minded, we're not walking in a lot of things. So in calling us higher, he's calling us onto a level where we can walk in some things. Okay? Now, he calls us higher. What if we dilly-dally? Do you use that expression? I couldn't remember if that, that was from South Africa when I grew up. It was from England when I grew up. One of the two. But dilly-dally, take your time. If we dilly-dally and taking our time and responding to the call to come higher, then we're delaying some things, aren't we? If there are things that God wants to do through us that are on this level and we're functioning on that level and God is saying, come up, and we don't come up, let's say it takes us five years to come up, then is the five-year delay of the th these things happening God's fault or ours? 
I was reading, um, you, you stay in Mark 11, but I was reading in um, Peter with our Zoom meeting on Tuesday, um, Second Peter, where, he, where Peter says, um, give all diligence to add to your faith. And then he gives a list of things. Anyone ever read that scripture? He said, add to your faith. I can't remember the whole list, but I know there was patience and there was, I can't remember, yeah. perseverance, and, and, and he, he goes all the way up to brotherly kindness and love, okay? But that word diligence, give all diligence to add to your faith. The word diligence means speed. And let's do it quickly. Make haste to add to your faith this, 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 and this. And why would God say, make haste, do it quickly? In other words, is God looking for people who, when he speaks, get on and do it? That's speed. Apply ourselves. Let's do it. Let's, let's respond. Let's do what he's saying doing. Why? Because as we do some things, as we respond, we enable, we go up, but we enable the flow of his spirit through us more. A lot of the times, God can't do some things because the people he's trying to do them through are dragging their heels, taking time. What, what would happen if we'd respond quicker? What, what would happen if God could finally find a people who would just respond to his word like this? My word. <laughs> Things would happen. Now, let's, let's, uh, let's, we're in Mark 11. Now, Jesus cursed the fig tree, and then in verse 20 and 21, Peter says the fig tree, you cursed us with it. And verse 21, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Now, I'm going to teach on this passage now. Some of you might have heard teaching on it. I just want to point one thing out of this, about this passage. Have faith in God. Now, I don't know about you, know, um, sentence structure and grammar. Anyone know much about grammar here and stuff like this? Most sentences have a subject an object and a, and a verb, or it, you, you need at least a, a subject and a verb for it to be a sentence, yeah? Now, the subject of the sentence is, is usually kind of, kind of the main thing you're talking about or talking to, like the cat sat on the chair. So the cat is the subject. Or, or you do something. Or if you say to a person, you know, can you or something. Anyway, I don't want to give too many examples and get into a grammar lesson. But this, this statement, have faith, in God has no subject. It's got no written subject. But what is the implied subject? If I say to you, sometimes we, we shorten sentences and you go, you, you, might, you might say to your child, sit down. Now you haven't given, you, does that, what do, what do we mean when we say sit down? What you mean is you sit down. We just don't say the you. Okay? So you give an instruction, but you don't say who that instruction's directed at. Because the, the you is implied, it's just not stated. We do that all the time. We say, oh, shut up. <laughs> That's not the nice way to do it. But you know how many of you have done, done something like that? You don't, you don't say, you be quiet, or you shut up, or you sit down. We just sometimes say the verb. This is what Jesus done here. Have faith in God. But, but this, I said all that to make this point. What's the implied subject, or who's the implied subject? You, 
have faith in God. So notice the, the idea of you. Now let's keep going. Verse 20, 23. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be, be removed. Uh, actually jump to verse 24 because verse 23 uses the he, but I want you to notice this. Verse 24. Therefore I say to you, whatever things, now notice how many times he says you. This is what I want you to see. Verse 24. How many times does he say you in verse 24? I understand we've all got different translations, but someone give me a figure. Count it up quickly. Four? Four or five? Let me read it out of my translation. Therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. And in fact, there's an implied, another, another implied you as well. Therefore, I say unto you, whatever things you ask when you pray, you believe you receive them. It's implied. It's not written. But it's the same grammatical principle, isn't it? I'm not twisting anything. When it says, when you pray, believe you receive, the impl implication is who, who's he saying must believe? So how many times is you in that sentence? Four times stated and at least once implied. Plus, verse 22, have faith in God. You have faith in God. Do you, do you get the repetition of you? What did that man say to Jesus? Jesus, if you can do something, you do it. What did Jesus say to the man? If you. What are we seeing a repetition of? The, uh, you, 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 you. Does, does Mark 11, 24 say, Therefore I say unto you, whatever things you ask, when you ask someone else to pray for you, they must believe they receive them, and then you will have them. That's how we've made the verse sound. And that's how we want to function the verse. We want someone else to do my believing for me. But what's Jesus direct, what is Jesus trying to get through here? You're wrong. You. Now, religion doesn't want to hear this. They'll attack preaching like this because they don't want to hear any, anything we've got to do. They just want to hear what God will just do despite us. Now, this is going to bring me into the next point I want to say. Is God trying to show us some things we must do? Now, is it important we do what God says we must do? I said this on Tuesday night as well. Some Christians say, well, all we need is love. Anyone ever heard that statement? All we need is love. I've heard a few Christians say that recently. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Not all we need is love. Yes, the Bible says love is the greatest. It doesn't say love is the only one. There's no such thing as all we need is love. What we need is everything he told us to function in that we need. That's what Peter said, add to your faith. Do you realize there's more than one quality we need functioning? A lot of Christians realize we need love. Please understand me. I'm not against it. We do need love. But you can love people and still die sick because you don't know how to believe God and use your faith. We need love, but we also need faith. 
You can love people, you can be the most loving person on the planet, and the enemy walk all over you because you don't know how to walk, how, how to lay a hold of victory and get a victory over the devil. The enemy's got us to think all you need is love. No, 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 no. What we need to do is get functioning in our lives the qualities he tells us we need functioning. And one of those he lists here, and he said to that man, if you believe your role, everyone say my role, my believing. Am I making this clear this morning? I'm really trying to just lay this out. <laughs> because too often people are putting it on someone else. You do it for me. Is that the mentality Jesus built into people in his teachings? No, that's not in line with the teachings of Jesus. Now, yes, we do stand together. I don't have any problem with praying together, agreements. I believe that. I believe that. And I believe Jesus helped people get to the place. But what was Jesus always trying to get people to do? To get them to the place where they knew how to stand on their own two feet, believing God. Now, if they weren't at that stage, he would help them. But his goal was to get them to where they could stand up on their own feet. Did Jesus teach a lot about what people could accomplish themselves with their faith? Now, now, now please understand me. I'm not saying ignoring God because faith, faith, in order to have faith, how does faith come? Hearing what? So when I talk about faith, I'm not leaving God out because in order to have faith, you've got to have the word of God in your life. You can't have faith without the word of God. Faith starts with the word of God in our lives. So you've got to have a walk with the word built into your life. You don't just wake up one morning and decide, oh, I've got faith, but there's no word in your life. That's, that's just working something up. A true Bible faith has got to start with word of God solid in your life. When I talk about faith, I'm not saying people are just are, are ignoring God and just believing for things. No, I'm talking about these are people who are cooperating with the Word of God in their life. And if you're cooperating with the Word of God, you're cooperating with God. Amen? But Jesus placed an emphasis on, on what we need to function in and get functioning in our lives. As the body of Christ, we have had the day where it was all up to the anointed man to get it for me. God has been trying to train the body of Christ in recent decades, and we've been throwing our toys out the cot because we don't want to get a hold of it in the role we play. The authority I have, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, as Tony said at the start of his session. In, in, in the New Testament, in the epistles, in the epistles, I mean after the book of Acts, someone said, who, what are the epistles? Someone said they're the wives of the apostles. I know that's a, sometimes these really, really bad jokes from my childhood pop into my mind. <laughs> they're not the, okay. The epistles, the written books, okay, of letters. <laughs> okay. But in the epistles, in other words, after the resurrection of Jesus, does the Bible tell us to beg God to deal with the devil in my life? 
What, is, what, is, what are we told after the resurrection of Jesus in terms of the devil, yet, besides the fact that he's defeated and he's paralyzed and stripped of his, of his, of his authority and stuff, but, but how are we told to deal with the devil? Specifics? Are there any scriptures that say? That's the one I'm looking for. Resist? Who's the implied subject? Okay, us, but really, you. You resist the devil. Oh, no, 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 no. You do it for me, is what we want to say. Pastor, you resist the devil for me. I'm gonna, I'm, I, I don't want to yield to the word of God myself or get the word functioning in my life. You resist the devil for me. But the scripture says you. Well, it doesn't say you, in, 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 but the, in, the way it's written, when you give that type of instruction and you start without a subject, the implication is you. It says submit to God. Well, who, who's supposed to submit to God? Me, you. Resist the devil and he will flee. But the implication is Get this functioning in your life. There's another one in Ephesians that says, give no place to the devil. Again, the implication is who? You or me. You give no place to the devil. That implies if he's getting place, who's giving it to him? <laughs> if, if you give no place to the devil... And he, the devil's getting place, and he's getting, oh, the devil's running all over my life, pastor. Pray for me, pray for me. Don't give him place. No, 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 you resist him for me. No, you're getting, that's not what the Bible says. But we want, we want to be like that man. We want to be like that man. You do it for me. Well, the disciples couldn't do it. Well, no, 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 Jesus, you do it. See, God is wanting to bring us to the place where we understand the role we play. Now, this brings me, this, this, this brings me to, 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 to a point I want to make. Understand, don't worry about them. They've got to rush off to Wales. They're packing bags and stuff. That's, that's probably my cue. But let me finish this one point because this is what I've been trying to get to the whole time. In the Old Testament... And, and many of you know that I've used this example a lot. So if you hear me preach, I talk about this period of time a lot. And the reason I talk about it a lot is because it's pointed to a lot in the New Testament. But the children of Israel in the wilderness and the promised land, it's a key, it's a key passage this whole period of time. Now, did God do miracles for them in the wilderness? Yes. I propose to you that there's two different types of miracles. Now, in the wilderness, that, that the children of Israel in the wilderness, were they in faith? What we'd say in faith. <laughs> were, they, were they responsive to the word of God? They were very resistant against the word of God, weren't they? Hebrews said they couldn't enter in because of their unbelief. When God told them to do things, did they respond and do them? They usually did the opposite. There she goes. Have a good trip. Thank God for protection on you as you travel. So 
So they were not responsive to the Word of God. In fact, the Bible, Hebrews 3 says they rebelled against the Word of the Lord. But here's the question. In the wilderness, this people who, who were not responding to the Word of God, in fact, were rebelling against the Word of God. Everything God said to them, they wouldn't do, and they did, usually did the opposite. Did God do miracles for them? Did they experience the miraculous? Yes, they did. So is it possible for people who are in unbelief to get a miracle? Yes. But is that God's best? No. This is what we need to see. There's a lot of people that are relying on remaining resistant to the word, but still, well, you know, God still answered their prayer and they got healed. So they now think it's okay to remain resistant to the word and not change. Because we need God to do a miracle all the time like this. Is that God's primary way? No. In the wilderness, they had water come out of a rock. Pretty good. But you know what? After the water came out of the rock and after they all had a drink, the water stopped coming out of the rock. And they moved on. Or they moved, I don't know, maybe the water kept flowing, but they moved on. In other words, the next day, or a few days later, by the time they moved on from that situation, they needed water again, didn't they? Did that miracle sustain them the rest of their lives? Not that one. That miracle got them through the temporary situation, but afterwards they were still in the wilderness. They experienced the miraculous in their lives. This is, this is what I want to say. There's two different types of miracles. Those miracles happened despite the people. It happened for a people where God just did it for them, despite the fact that they would not yield to the word. But those kind of miracles never took them into God's best. Those kind of miracles got them, sustained them in the wilderness, but couldn't get them out of the wilderness into the promised land. They reached a point, they reached a line the line between the wilderness and the promised land, where they could not get any further in that current condition. This is relevant to the body of Christ right now on the planet. In order for them to step into the next thing, out of the wilderness into the promised land, did something have to happen on their side? They, they could not cross that line in a continued condition of resisting the word of the Lord. In fact, because they continued resisting the word of the Lord, back to the wilderness. There's certain, you can get some things, I mean, pretty spectacular miracles. Red Sea splitting. Water from a rock. They had some pretty spectacular things. But they couldn't step over the line into the fullness of what God had for them. And in fact, they were held back because they wouldn't make that one change. In other words, God said, I've done all of these other things for you. I've done them despite you. But this line, you ain't crossing until 
you. This, 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 if you want a subject, a title for this message right now, it's you. There's a lot of members of the body of Christ right now that are still, no, God must do it. No, the Lord do it. No, you must believe God. I don't want to hear about all that believe God stuff. It's just all up to the Lord. It's going to keep us in the wilderness. There's a line God wants the body of Christ to cross over right now at this time in our generation. But it's the line from miracles that happen despite us into miracles that happen because we're in cooperation with the Word of God. We've become used to God just doing it despite my unbelief. Because we've become so used to it, we think it's okay to stay there. It's not. There's some things God is showing from His Word. It is time to get some things functioning in my life that God has been pointing us to. Jesus pointed, said that right there. We need to stop being like that man who said, the disciples do it. You do it for me, Jesus. And Jesus said, no, you. Time to get some things functioning. Two types of miracles. Well, one type of miracle is where God moves despite us. We might be in unbelief, and God still moves. And we get the power of God manifest, get an answered prayer. It's not because we really got much right in our lives. God moves despite us. The other type of miracle is when God moves in cooperation with us because we are flowing with his word. That type of miracle will take you further into the things of God. See, the walls of Jericho falling was a different type of miracle. It was a manifestation of the power of God. But that happened with the people who were walking with, in cooperation with the word. That flattened that city, and then they took another step into the promised land. They're out of the wilderness now. You see the two different types of miracles. We've had a lot of the manifestation of the Spirit of God that we've seen has been because we've relied upon one person the anointed person in the pulpit having the anointing, but it doesn't really matter where we're at. But now God's saying, it's time for the body to get a hold of the word. To start functioning in the word. To learn how to get things flowing in my life, me, you. Does that make sense? I hope, I hope I've made that really clear. But you know what? God wouldn't tell you to get some things functioning in your life if you couldn't. The reason Jesus said, you can speak to that mountain, is because you really can. <laughs> Did you get it? God wants to, I believe God wants to move in the UK and even worldwide. But this, there are some differences with what he wants to do right now to what we've seen before. Even revivals in history have just sometimes been just divine moves of God. But you see, there's a lot of people who just want that to be repeated this time. And now they're all wondering, why is it not happening yet? <laughs> because God wants some changes in us.
Because God, in our generation, wants to move in cooperation with a people who've got a hold of some things working in their life. We're going to do it, aren't we? We're going to dig our heels in the ground and say, I'm getting this working. Even if you've heard it before and you tried it before, what happens, I say this to people, you know, what happens if you tried to get out the boat before and believe God and you sank? Well, you get back in the boat, you learn, you get, and then you take, go at it a second time. <laughs> Amen? So I'm going to bring it to a close there. I'm, I'm trying to be more prompt with my times and getting it closed. But um, I, I trust you guys have got something good out of today. A lot of things to meditate and think about. And like I said, second Saturday of, of every month. So these keep going. And there's a few people who couldn't make it this month uh, for various reasons. I'd like three or four messages like, oh, I'm so sorry, we can't make it. My test kids just tested positive. And I'm like, oh, so, I'm just getting so annoyed with these kids. This Anyway, this happens. So, But there are some others around as well. But 